Greetings and greetings to your listeners. This is Michael Swain, Executive Director of Freedom of Religion South Africa for SA, bringing you an update on an important matter which we were involved with this past week here in the Western Cape. The Western Cape Educational Department has issued a second draft of its guidelines on gender identity and sexual orientation in public schools. And 4SA has been involved in this matter because the problem is that the whole issue of transgenderism is very much an ideological issue. To give you a background on that, um, transgenderism basically is the ideology which says that whoever a person says that he or she is, that is who they are. In other words, if you look like a man, if you uh, appear as a man, you have the anatomy as a man, you have the physiology of a man, all the chromosomes of a man, but you say that you are a woman or anything else for that matter, then that is who you are. And you must be treated as such. Uh, you must be addressed as such by whatever pronoun you may or, or uh, choose. And if people do not recognize you as such, then this is a direct infringement on your human dignity. Uh, in other words, your human rights. And as such, sanctions and some form of um, redress must and should follow. People who may be aware of international news in this respect will remember that in Canada, uh, a law was passed known as C-16, which made this very thing part of their human rights code. And effectively, and for the first time uh, in history, really, uh, particularly in Western democracies, compelled speech. In other words, you would be sanctioned if you were not willing to refer to somebody by their chosen pronoun. And false speech is typically something which is associated not with democratic nations, but obviously with totalitarian nations. And hence the fact that this is very much an ideology uh, rather than a proven medical uh, issue or science. The problem areas here very much concern children because typically children are those who suffer from a condition called gender dysphoria, where they do sincerely believe that the body that they are living in is not actually the body of the gender that they believe that they are. And this condition is, interestingly enough, significantly typically grown out of during puberty when hormones kick in and it largely self-corrects in up to 90-95% of all cases. But clearly it is a very disturbing thing for children. It is obviously equally disturbing for their parents as well. Um, so there's a tremendous need for this to be dealt with very sensitively and very carefully. And of course in the school context uh, it is important that children uh, who suffer from this condition are obviously accommodated as best as they can be and clearly protected from things like bullying and so on. The concerning thing about this is, of course, that very often at a very young age, parents and children are given advice which potentially can lead to very serious lifetime consequences. In other words, a process is initiated at a very young age, which typically puts these children on an irreversible and irrevocable course uh, to transition to the gender that they have chosen. And this often involves things like puberty blockers, which prevents the child from going into puberty and thereby effectively locks in the condition, uh, followed often by hormone therapy so that 
uh, whether it's estrogen or testosterone is given uh, so that the sexual characteristics or the secondary sexual characteristics uh, are formed or not formed. And then lastly, and often uh, again, through a surgical procedure, uh, they go through a sexual transition. Freedom of Religion for SA uh, became involved in this matter for two principal reasons. The first being that the guidelines are very much based upon this transgender ideology. And there is a case which has settled the issue called the Oh God case, which says that public schools are and should be ideologically neutral places. In other words, public schools cannot be seen to be holding or ascribing to a specific ideology, whether this is religious or otherwise. And secondly, uh, very much looking at the guidelines themselves, 4SA wanted to affirm and to ensure that it was understood that parents have the primary right to decide what is in the best interests of their children, and that any decision regarding any form of medical or psychological treatment for their children must be their decision. And again, we believe that school education on gender issues should be balanced and include valid expert advice that challenges the prevalent ideology. And we believe that our presentation was therefore designed to help inform what was part of a democratic process of government so that the guidelines would have all the inputs and all the different viewpoints so that they could reach an optimum decision and a conclusion. As part of 4SA's presentation to the Western Cape Educational Department, we asked Dr. Sebrant Deval to come as an independent medical professional to basically present the latest academic and medical research studies, facts and conclusions, because these clearly demonstrate that the science on this is simply not settled. So one of them was a study conducted by the University of Oxford, which said that puberty blocking and hormone treatments in adolescents under 18 years of age remain largely experimental due to a large number of unanswered questions. And then a Swedish study, uh, which was a major data set of people who underwent hormonal and surgical treatments and found that the rates of depressions and anxieties suffered by people were not reduced by these treatments. We believe that uh, Dr. Uh, Duval's comments and input would be important because they do present a balanced view to help parents and their children make informed choices and decisions, and also to help the education department in the formulation of their policy as part of a democratic process. However, the problem immediately uh, came about that the people who were also at the meeting, who were obviously very much opposed to uh, this type of information being given out, then reported the doctor uh, to the Health Professionals Council of South Africa and also to UCT, where he has just completed four years of a psychiatry uh, study. And essentially, they are asking th these bodies to sanction the doctor uh, simply because they do not like what he said. Now, we believe that this is very, very uh, significant and concerning because clearly, if somebody expresses a viewpoint, even if it's an unpopular viewpoint, or even if it goes against the current trend, that is nevertheless a valid viewpoint, and it should be allowed to be freely expressed, particularly 
as part of a democratic process. But here we're seeing an example, unfortunately, of what internationally is known as cancel culture, whereby if you do express a viewpoint that is politically incorrect or contrary to that which the current culture is embracing, then you can be sanctioned. But the problem is it's not just you who are sanctioned. You may be able to resist the sanctions, but the message that it sends out to others who might have a valid opinion is that if you dare to voice it, then you will come into a serious crossfire. So we are certainly hopeful that the Western Cape Educational Department uh, will listen to all viewpoints, and we are equally uh, hopeful that the University of Cape Town and the uh, Health Professionals Council of South Africa will simply see these accusations against uh, Dr. Deval for what they are and will dismiss them accordingly. And we certainly hope that the best interests of parents and their children will be served as part of this process. Thank you for listening to this. I trust it has been helpful and informative. For more information, by all means, go on to the Freedom of Religion South Africa 4SA website, www.forsa.org.za, or go to our Facebook page, Freedom of Religion SA. Thank you.